Welcome to System Mastery, where it's Ween all year in the month of October. Today's spooky episode is all about All Flesh Must Be Eaten, a game about zombies, survival, and the Unisystem engine. Hailing all the way from the spookiest year of all, 1999. <laughs> so let us don our customary ween stooms and sing the traditional weenie dirges of the season on today's System Mastery. <laughs> John, blessed ween to you. And the traditional blessings of ween upon thee. Ooh, what are those? Why, there's three of them. Ah. So common are they that they must not be spoken. And I will ask no further. Mm. <laughs> no, but seriously, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm especially <laughs> doing great because people have bought some ads from us, which is awesome for the show. Yeah, we have a couple of them to do this week, so I'm excited to get through them. Uh well, I, that makes it sound like I'm not excited to get through them. Wait a minute. Hang on. That makes it sound like it's a chore I have to do. <laughs> it sounds it's, like it's I've not paid to do this or something. <laughs> this is my pleasure to do this for you guys. My pleasure for $75 to do this for you. Yeah, you know, you, everyone who says they make a little money off something and says the customer is always right. You know yeah, how it the is. customer is always pleasant to deal with. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> We should cut all this. Nah. Nah, anyway, why don't you go first? We have two of them this week. Oh, yeah. So the first one is if you are looking for an actual play podcast, because we have one coming to you that is, it's about community, intrigue, and the homies. So we have a uh, new actual play called Crimson Gold Agonies. Ooh. And the first season just concluded, so they wrapped everything up from that. Uh, so it's a great time. If you want to start listening now, you've got an entire season to binge on. Mm -hmm. An onboarding point is important when it comes to APs. Yeah. That's what I keep telling our uh, our network host. <laughs> so season one, we've got the representatives uh, of law reshaping the land. They're young nobles brought by disaster to a remote region. Mm -hmm. And we find out, are they going to do some good or... Will sinister forces twist their intentions? Ween! <laughs> that is a weenie twist. <laughs> or a twisty ween. So they played this story in Legend of the Five Rings, Pasión de los Pasiones, Yokai Hunter Society, and Night Rain. So there's a whole lot of different systems hmm. and a whole lot of different ways to play that they've More done. More than one of them that I'm a fan of, too. There you go. And speaking of games that we're fan of, they've also just started a new series that is uh, in the world of 1970X. Oh, I, ooh, I like that naming. That's a good convention. I like that. Superheroes fight against two imperial powers. They are champions of the third world and heralds of an alternate path for democracy and socialism. They are the heroes of the cybernetic international. Ooh, okay. I still like this. This is sounding cool. I like the 70s vibe. Yeah, so they struggle against imperialism, colonialism, the U.S. and the USSR that loom powerful and threaten everyone, mm -hmm. and the they will interact with hyper objects, play RPGs, deal with depressed cetaceans, <laughs> fend off mercs from outer space, and even face the biggest evil of them all, private high school. Yeah, that is pretty evil. And it's being played in Sentinels Comics RPG, a favorite of ours. Uh, definitely a big favorite of ours, yes. So that's that, that sounds... Pro I, they beat us to it, because I've been planning to run our next AP in that. Yep. So if any of those have piqued your interest, either the 
massive different games played in that story or the new Sentinels 70s RPG with superheroes, then go ahead, pick up some anti-hegemonic, queer, disabled, actual play that has been positively compared to media that is outstanding, such as Night in the Woods and Kentucky Route Zero. So you can give Crimson Gold Agonies a listen on all the places pods can be cast. Check out their social media at L5RCGAPod. That's L, the number 5R, CGA Pod, or their website at CGAPodcast.com. Sounds good. I recommend checking it out. Yeah, or you can just follow their GM for wacky nonsense at Delatheel uh, on Twitter, D-E-L-E-T-H-I-E-L, and... Uh, there you go. They're also planning on doing a short play of Flying Circus as well. So there's a whole bunch of stuff. whole bunch of stuff to check out. Also, Flying Circus, another game I like a lot. Yeah, they, yeah. they're hitting all the bangers. Yeah, it's like they're just trying to drag us in. <laughs> just trying. <laughs> it's not going to work, guys. No matter how much I love you, I can't. I, my brain doesn't work with APs. I can't listen to you. <laughs> I can't. I'm too close to it already. <laughs> <laughs> if I start listening now, I'll never stop. <laughs> I don't know how to stop listening to you. I just want to drink you. <laughs> I want to blend you up and drink you like a smoothie. <laughs> our next... Next! Our next reading comes to us from Frenzy Kitty from Games. From the Book of James. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, heroes. <laughs> Is that what you wanted? Is that, eh. that you're hoping for? No, I was going for a biblical thing. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, yeah. 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 D'Amato's yeah. in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> He's like the... I don't know, 15th Apostle or whatever. He's like that little kissy guy in the background. <laughs> Everyone was like, I want to touch your hem, Jesus. And he's like, give me a wet one, Jesus. You, you guys should kiss. He's <laughs> the guy at the Last Supper. You don't see him. He's off screen directing it. You two kiss. No, okay, but you two over there kiss. Oh, yeah. No, as soon as Judas <laughs> dips into the uh, the bread, into the dip right next to Jesus, he's like, Kiss. <laughs> Quit pointing and kiss. <laughs> Sorry. Brought to you by Frenzied Kitty uh, Games. It's the Cataclysm. How and why the world as we know it came to be changed forever has long been forgotten. It's been hundreds, maybe even thousands of years since anyone even spoke of the Cataclysm or the time that came before, and the memories of that world that once was faded into dust. Inhabiting the world of Eventide, this isn't a post-cataclysmic world, it's just the world that is, and the world that always was, as far back as anyone living in it can remember. The game is known as Eventide, brought to you once again by Frenzy Kitty Games, the studio that brought you Karma, Something Wicked, and Children of the Fall. It's a game of apocalyptic survival horror fantasy in a wasteland. And it's a lavishly illustrated book that contains everything you need to play, including fast and dynamic rules for role-playing in the apocalypse, robust classless character creation, optional tribe creation rules for group play, full campaign setting, including many detailed settlements and NPCs, 17 tribes. That's a lot of tribes. That's 17. Are, are any of them called Quest? Hey, the one joke. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> Complete with unique beliefs, structures, affiliations, and NPCs. A bestiary containing 35 Five ruthless and terrifying enemies. <laughs> All of them just some guy in varying degrees of leather. <laughs> All of them a tribe called Quest. <laughs> There's a lot of people in that band. Ooh, 35 motherfuckers in there. <laughs> 
Hardcore mode. Rules variants for brave players in search of a brutal challenge. The Lone Wanderer solitaire rules for a solo adventure in the wastelands. And an apocalypse toolkit. Tools and generators to assist GMs in running their games dynamically. There are also special downloadable extras you get for purchasing it today, including a player's guide, which is a rules-only version, separate character vehicle and tribe sheets, a high-quality map of the world of Eventide, a 4K wallpaper pack with And six... the three blessings of Ween! <laughs> six beautiful wallpapers, print-and-play initiative tracker deck, and you get the football phone. Nice. There it is. There's so much, and you may never stop... Sorry, you I'm may a, never stop playing. You, you it. must play this forever. <laughs> <laughs> this is available on DriveThruRPG at itch.io. Uh, we'll have links available for where you can find that and the AP podcast uh, uh, Crimson Gold Agonies referenced earlier on our website, and we'll put some Twitter links up as well. Hell yeah! So go through and check out our fine ad reads, and if you would like to purchase one yourself, go on down to our website, SystemMasteryPodcast.com, click on the Give Us Some Money button, and follow the obvious instructions that lie therein. Yeah, and if you weren't following us on Twitter, get on that at System Mastery. Come on now. Yeah, come give us some followers. I only have like 2038. It's too close to what year it is. Yeah, and I don't have... Almost any, so it's fine. Yeah, and follow John, too, at Gurgle Splisms or whatever it Gurgle is. Gurgle Spasm. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even spelled that way, is it? It's spelled no, it like, is. it's got like no vowels or something. No, it's no, spelled oh, that's Gurgle right. Spasm. I'm, sorry, I'm mixing it up with your old username. Yeah. I apologize for How that. How dare you? I know. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those have been some wonderful ads. Hope you stuck around. If you press skip a bunch of times, you sure missed a bunch of jokes about James at the Last Supper. Yeah, you should have gone back and listened to that if you didn't. Listen to all of the ads, because we talk about cool stuff. <laughs> Look, cool stuff gets talked about, and then also we mention ween. We mention ween. We talk about our ween, your ween, everyone's weens. The blessed ween. Mm-hmm. The blessed ones, the not blessed ones, all of them. And other than that, why don't we get over to the show right now. Dancing at the zombies. Ween. Dancing at the zombies. Ween. Podcast. Ween. Welcome back to uh to, to Weenly Nights. I don't know. <laughs> One of these weenly old nights. <laughs> well, I guess we danced all night to the best ween ever. Yeah. This is Zombie Ween. That's right. I guess we do have an official type of ween for this year, don't we? Yes, we do. We have Zombie Ween. This is just the first of or two zombie things. Yeah, well, we only have two episodes coming out in October, and people like it when we theme the ween. Uh, Everybody likes a good themed ween. Yeah, no one likes a generic one. We got we got flack for that. I think it was like last year when we just did whatever horror movie or it's horror thing. It's just ween. It's just some ween. Don't worry about it. Uh, I mean, after we did big black ween and white ween, and that that was that was definitely causing the old ween. Old ween. You know, this year it's zombie ween. It's a little less dick joke. A little less. Dick joke. Uh-huh. We could have gone with, like, I don't know, Rotting Ween or something. Some, yeah. But no, we're going to do a couple of zombie books this this year. We have a couple of good zombie books out there. By good, I mean good for this show. Yeah. I'm going to make that clear. Uh, and this time it's All Flesh Must Be Eaten, which is our second Unisystem game in nine years. Hey, episode 
Two was when we last visited Unisystem, so it has been a minute. It has been a day. Uh, and uh, so that means it's written by the same uh, pack of people. Uh, mostly for me, that means CJ Carella. Yeah, I mean, hey, we visited some old Palladium dudes last time. Mm-hmm. We visited some more of them this time. Yeah, so Carella and Wooshik are kind of the, the biggest names to come out of the Palladium writing house and write for other things. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, Wooshik did the Amber book that we're still hearing about. Thank you. Uh, of course, everything we're hearing about is the same thing as when fucking did Elric, which is, you guys didn't read the Amber novels. Yeah, fucking duh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Guess what? I reviewed the Amber Diceless system. <laughs> and uh, it had its, had its problems. But here we're looking at a uh, Unisystem game. John mentioned episode two. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not technically just a Unisystem game written in a different engine called Cinematic Unisystem, which is the same engine. <laughs> which is mostly the same engine. <laughs> Almost entirely identical. It's got more of a, uh, I think the big difference is that it had more of a character point flow mechanic where there were like people generating brownie points and being able to spend them. Yeah. That was I more mean, of a thing than here. You definitely had a much more uh, survivable character you... Because even when in that one you're like, oh, I just make a regular-ass human, you usually have the ability to get out of stuff fairly easily. Mm -hmm. Cinematic rules, of course, apply if you can, you know, get knocked out instead of dead. That's probably going to happen because, you know, it's Buffy. It's just a, a fun TV show. Whereas in All Flesh Must Be Eaten, this is much more like, yeah, no, if if your survivor gets bit by a zombie you're done we don't care yeah it depends on what kind of zombie of course this is a book to to represent the gestalt of zombie experience so maybe you maybe the zombies bite you and you turn into a zombie but maybe you they bite you you die and then feeder monsters come around and they get in you and they turn into a zombie or maybe plants do it it's every kind of zombie yeah the funny thing is it opens with a solid 30 to 35 pages of just rundown about zombie tropes which of course primarily means rundown about zombie movies yes because zombies are i mean grant yeah of course we already we already went over a different book to talk all about ken domble the hungan traditions how the the zombies are are a thing that's kind of a a person who's been enslaved by magic and isn't really necessarily a corpse yes um but the tradition of zombies the way that we are familiar with them now that there are dozens of shows and everything is almost entirely a cinematic tradition Yes. I mean, we did have a few way back in the day of things like, you know, White Zombie and so on, where you did have the straight up like, oh, this is a voodoo zombie. But for the most part, when you say zombie to anyone, they're immediately going to die to the living dead. Yeah. Yeah. Although in this book, they also make a they come keep coming back to Return of the Living Dead, which I found hilarious. Well, Return of the Living Dead is. Oh, it's great. It's one of my favorites. It's wonderful, but it's also notable as being where the whole brains thing comes from. Because yes. before that movie, they were just like, oh, they may, they might moan or something and they'll eat whatever. And Return of the Living Dead is the ones where they actually got to go like, brains, now, and specifically wanted brains. I haven't seen Night of the Living Dead since I was a very little kid, uh, the original. Mm-hmm. So I only have very dim memories of it, but I feel like I, the zombies in it were barely even zombies. Like, they could talk. No. No, they weren't. That wasn't it? Okay. All right, good. Then I'm off, then I'm off base. I just haven't seen it in a really long time. Return of Living Dead, I remember entirely because it's got that Linnea Quigley dance scene in it. I mean, let's... And also Tar... The tar I was going to say, the t- Tar Man is yeah. for sure one of the better things in there. Yeah, the one of the better things in there. Well, not the best, because the best is that Linnea Quigley dance scene. <laughs> no, I love the entire 
return series, honestly, because yeah. it's it's just a fun humor version of a zombie movie. I also don't remember the story, but there's a whole thing where like it's not Romero, but someone else who was involved in the project, like made Return of the Living Dead and then slapped with his like relation to the Romero movies in there. He was like from the guy who was present from the guy who watched night of the living dead yeah it did that thing that you see a lot more modern movies now nowadays you'll see things from like from the studio that brought you this you're like that has nothing to do with the yeah, the great. final <laughs> from the associate producer Ugh, fine <laughs> but anyway the reason i wanted to bring this up is because it's a nice 30 page or so romp through the world of zombie movies discussing the tropes what people you can expect from watching these zombie movies, the things that we enjoy getting out of zombie movies. But they also do specifically say, even though we run the gamut of zombies, what we aren't doing is the traditional voodoo zombie, really. Yes. No, they, they mention that. The reason I'm bringing it up is because right after they're done with that, it takes about three pages between like, everyone loves zombie movies. Wouldn't you love to play in one? How fun would that be too? This ain't a fucking movie. If you get bit, you're probably going to fucking die. And I'm like, no, it is, it is, it is a movie. You, you just told me for like forever that you, you're making a, a movie re recreation simulator. And then the, you, you couldn't get past your instincts. Could you, you couldn't do it. You were like, we're going to make the ultimate zombie movie role-playing game. It's not a fucking movie. Eh. <laughs> The combat engine in particular really hammers that home because they're like, hey, if you get shot through the shoulder or something, you'll probably get sepsis even if a zombie doesn't bite you. You might be unconscious for weeks. You'll probably die. This ain't like the movies where they show up in the next scene. And I'm like, it, it should be. Yeah, I mean, it does immediately then after the go. But if you want cinematic rules, then ignore what I just said. <laughs> just use these rules instead, which are still, it takes weeks to get better, but at least you're not unconscious. At least you have to make constant rolls to see if you die. That's the only difference. Anyway, let's get into the actual after that 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 initial intro bit. All right. Yeah. So the game is from the point of view of the survivors. You are not a zombie that must eat all flesh, although yeah. there is uh, a scenario in the back where they're like, hey, maybe you want to play as a zombie. Sure. Go for it. Uh, let's go ahead and say it might be the uh, out of a list of terrible options. It might be the most offensive one. Why? Because it's the one where Buddhism was half right, because you reincarnate as your own corpse. That's the, actually the first thing it says. It says, Buddhism got some things right that Christianity missed. And then it's, you reincarnate into your own fucking corpse and have to dig out of the grave and be a zombie. And I was like, why would you tie that to Buddhism? <laughs> why did you do that? That's the first thing they could think with reincarnation. <laughs> if that was the first thing they could think, they should have waited until the second. <laughs> 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 all right let's it's fine let's keep going though yeah you you play as survivors for the most part there are three archetypes of survivor you can play as one of them is called survivor so that might get a little confusing yeah well you can be a norm mm -hmm. and norm norm everyone ween. loves you <laughs> normal ween <laughs> but if you're playing as a norm you're a normal guy you're just Someone going through their day trying to get through what's happening, and then a zombie breakout happens. You mm -hmm. are usually going to be the side characters in the zombie movie. Yeah. You know, you're the random person who's like, oh, I was just working at this gas station and I'm still alive, but oh shit. Yeah. I think increasingly you see them as the main character in a zombie movie because the people who make up the other half tend to be... Like, you know, it depends on what movie you're watching. Like, we just watched that Snyder movie that just happened was almost entirely the next class. 
which is the survivor, which is like, oh, people who were prepping for a zombie apocalypse, whether they knew they were or not. It's people who are generally above average. They're badasses. They are the ones who are like, oh, when the zombies come, I actually can like shoot people in the head. I have some amount of ability to keep my cool. I'm a protagonist rather than just someone who is also here. Uh, yes. Uh, granted, you also see these people as secondary antagonists and protagonists in zombie movies. It's, you know, cops, bikers, be, uh, soldiers, people who have some t- bit of extra training that makes them more survivable in a zombie apocalypse scenario. And even, you know, these would cover things like your surviving doctors or veterinarians or whatever, people who know medicine, anyone mm-hmm. who has better skills or things like that. That's a survivor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and notably these two are straight up just disparate power levels. Yeah. Uh, if you want to play, you you should pretty much tailor your game to which one of these you want most of the players to be. Yeah. If the game is all actual, you know, zombie survival in a high school or something, you should have everyone play norms so that the, uh, the, you can amp up the fear and amp up the the death rate. If you want to do, I don't even remember what that fucking Snyder movie was called. Day of the return of the living of the night of the dead or something. The one where they have like heist a Las Vegas casino. It's basically just heist of the dead. Yeah. (laughs) That one's almost entirely badasses because they're supposed to be, have a reasonable expectation of being able to go into zombie country. I mean, honestly, even in ones like the walking dead, where you're supposed to be like, Oh, this is a housewife. And this person was just, you know, they were a pizza delivery guy. You're like, yeah, but you're badasses. Like, that's the kind of thing where you would make survivors, but you'd still say, like, well, I was just a regular guy. And you're like, yeah, your stats don't reflect that, but we're just going to go ahead and say everyone is like that. Right. The archetypes that they provide in the book, because that seems to be a unisystem tradition based on my sample size of two, is after they give you the ideas for what the classes could be, they go through and make them all for you. Uh don't bear that out. The The norms are all things like cheerleader and video store clerk, and the survivors are all things like like road gang, biker, and mer- soldier. soldier. So they, there is kind of a distinction. Now, you may be thinking, well, what could possibly the third one be if you've already told us we can't play zombies and you've broken it down just into people who aren't prepared for a zombie apocalypse and people who are? That feels kind of dichotomous. What's left? The worst thing in here, which is... <laughs> Clerics? Yeah. Like, for no reason. And in no zombie movie I can even remotely think of, we have The Inspired, which is people with supernatural powers that are based on their faith. And specifically their faith, because they can lose access to their powers if they lose faith. Yeah, and I gotta say, I mean, I don't want to dig that far ahead in the book that much, but... Let's go ahead and say this. There's a section called like tests of faith and, and faith checks and so on, all about how these people are basically paladins and you have to constantly be prevent presenting them with dilemmas to figure their way through so they can keep the powers they put points in to get. And it's it, there's even a section I have it quoted here in my notes that's like, hey, uh, if you're pl- I'm not going to read the quote directly. Hey, uh, make sure before you if you have an inspired in your party, you should probably read a few books about religion or ethics to come up with especially devious tricks with which to present them. And I'm like, no, don't give me fucking homework. I'm not going to use that anyway because I hate taking powers away from players who put points into them because well, they yeah. wanted to be cool. And the the thing with these are. You have, like, fewer skill points than you would if you were even a norm. Like, they have fewer skill points. They have the same attributes as a survivor, but they have fewer qualities, which is the merits and flaws, your merits. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they get some, you know, special powers. Barely. But they're 
not exactly game-breaking. They get 15 points to spend on what are called metaphysical qualities, which is where all the gifts and so on that have to do with being a faith-based, like, cleric, inspired. inspired person come from. But you get 15 points, and in order to cast miracles, you need to spend five points on gift, which lets you sense the supernatural and is a prerequisite for... Uh, inspiration, which is a five-point gift that does nothing but unlock the ability to further purchase miracles. Yeah, it's... So of your of your 15 points for metaphysics, two-thirds of them are spent, whether you want them to be or not, on requirements that don't do anything. Oh, yeah. No, there does not need to be the like, oh, well, these guys are way better, so we're gonna... I'm like, no, one, who's even wanting to play this in the zombie survivor game where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm... I'm like a grungy biker and I survived. Oh, I'm a I'm a plucky guy who worked at a grocery store. I'm a fuck paladin. What? Yeah, I cast lay on hands. What's up? We're playing zombies. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? I have no idea. Like you were saying, I have no idea what the source for this is. And the back of the book has like 11 potential game setting scenarios that they present as options. And of all 11, two of them mention the inspired as a potential concept. One of them, because it's set in like Benedictine monk era of like 1000 AD. Yeah. And the other, because it's fucking just the rapture. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, there was a mistranslation instead of the, the dead will be judged. It was the dead will be the judges. That's, and there's zombies and maybe it'll be inspired priests or whatever. You're like, well, if you're inspired priests, would you have been, Rapture. Rapture I, I, okay, sure. Whatever. But yeah, like John was saying, I can't think of a single friggin' thing. Single media source where clerics were a big part of the zombie survival scenario without it further being D&D. Oh, yeah. No, if in a zombie movie or piece of media, someone is a priest, that's fine. But no one has powers. And if they, if anyone in a zombie film has powers... It's based on being part zombie. Yes, that's a big part. Usually it's, and that's the thing I was amazed to not see here. It's only suggested as an option in one of the 11 game uh, settings in the back. And you'd think half zombie would be the obvious choice for how to provide a super powered character to this game. Yeah, you're like, oh, what happened? I got sort of infected with whatever the zombie virus is. It didn't kill me, but now I've got like, I don't know, zombie strength or I don't feel pain or whatever. Right. So uh, there are six statistics. Yep. Uh, they are exactly what you normally expect when you hear me say six statistics, but let's go ahead and do the two swaps. Uh, charisma is perception instead of charisma. Yeah, if you need to be smart or hot or, or uh, like uh, influential in some way, you just do it with the merits and flaws system. And willpower has been repla- it replaces wisdom. Yes. Other than that, you have your strength, dex, con, and int. Yeah, you know those stats off the top of your head. They range... Uh, they theoretically have unbound tops and bottoms to them. No. But they generally range between zero and six. Yeah, you cannot get higher than six as a player. As Well, when I say theoretically unbound, I mean that monsters can routinely have as high as like a 14 or something. And you can go to negative if you're like so gross or so dumb. Well, yeah, because zero isn't even like, oh, you can't move. It's just, oh, you're you're probably somehow disabled in that way. So yeah. if you've got like... You know, my dexterity is zero. It's like, well, you probably don't have use of, like, your legs or both your arms or something. Yeah. Uh, But you can go below that if you're like, oh, no, I'm I'm straight up just, like, catatonic. Great. You have a zero intelligence. Why are you playing? Yeah. Well, it's it's negative intelligence. It's useful for zombie measurement because I think the basic zombie, like the... Is minus two. Is a negative two because they're just capable of dimly sensing living things nearby and then going directly at them. Yeah. 
Now, this game does have a lot of mechanics. We'll get into it eventually for how you can build zombies to your exacting specifications, including making smart ones and so on. But the basic shambling brains moaner has a, has a minus two in intelligence and I think also perception. Yeah. So as a character, uh, generally a two is the human average. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get up to a six is the absolute maximum a human can possibly achieve. Five is generally about as high as anyone will get to. Yep. And, you know, if you're a norm, then you don't have a ton of points. You're probably going to have one or two stats that are like, oh, maybe I've got a three in a couple stats. But if you're a survivor, you're probably going to be like, oh, I've probably got threes and everything. I'm just slightly above average mm-hmm. compared to your normal person. And then I'll have a few things that I'm actually really good at. Yeah, if you don't spend bonus points on anything, a survivor or an inspired can have, uh, I think, th- four of their stats be threes and two of them be fours. Uh, so that, that I think that's I think that's I think that's where it adds up to. Yeah. Um. So I mean I know that because my bonus content character is an inspired. Surprise, surprise. Hey, what do you know? Uh, <laughs> I was just adding, just doing the math in my head. Just mathing it. Now, in addition to those six statistics, there are a grip of secondary statistics, all of which are calculated by uh, adding and multiplying and adding points to your uh, base six statistics. Yeah, you're going to be able to figure out your life points, which is your basic, you know, your meat. Until you're dead, yeah. based on your constitution and strength, you're going to have your endurance points, which is fatigue or collapsing, but there's also the option in this game to do endurance damage. So if you're like, you want to make unarmed combat do endurance point damage, mm-hmm. or if you're like, oh, I use a taser or something, you might do that. Endurance is one of the things that bugs me about this, just because it bugs me in any game where it shows up, where it just is like, oh, just doing basic work costs one endurance point every 10 minutes, and I'm like, I don't want to track that. Yeah. No, no one wants No one wants to track I that. I don't, especially don't want to track the recovery rate, because it's variable. Yeah, no, endurance points for me in this game is, unless you are doing the optional rule of some damage is endurance damage, mm-hmm. you are almost certainly never going to look at those points. You're going to completely ignore them because you already have two other tracks by which you can be damaged and take penalties. Uh, You also have how fast you are, your speed, just based on your constitution and dexterity, and that's in miles per hour that you can go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you have your essence pool, which for most people doesn't really matter. Uh, The inspired will use it for their various woogity-boogity abilities. Yes, you, you and you calculate it by adding all six of your stats together unless you're an inspired. Then you have a whole separate calculation you do. Um, by the way, the, the calculation for health points isn't just constitution plus strength. It's like constitution plus strength. Oh, no, all fo- of them are multiplication yeah. things. It's just yeah. those are the stats you're using. They, use it, they, they are careful to make sure that you'll have any health at all if you happen to build like a super frail character because it's like constitution plus strength times four plus ten because if you happen to have zeros... Well, they also they say still if tell, you, they bump it to one. Yeah, if you have a zero or even a negative in something, you will at least have a one. You put it to one, so you multi- you take two, you multiply it by four, you get eight, and then you add ten. So the minimum health you can have in this game before adding penalties from the qualities and uh, the, the merits and flaws system is an eighteen. Yeah, you have to get at least eighteen health. That's the weakest character you can get, and you can get up to fifty-eight if you were like. Fuck it, I got sixes in strength and constitution. Yeah. I am the burliest man in the universe. I think there's still, I'm, I'm not quite right there. I think it's like, let's say you have a negative one in strength and constitution. You have 18 to start because you're, you know, you convert them both to ones, you multiply by four, add 10. Uh, then I think you subtract any negatives you have from your total. So you'd end up with a 16 health. Oh, that's true. They yeah. do have a, if you 
dip into negatives, you can take that off of your base. Yes. Okay. I'm just trying to remember all my details as I go go forward. Uh, so there's your basic stat calculations. Uh, this game's basic mechanic, which they use for almost everything. Oh, one last thing I'm going to say about Essence, by the way. Everyone does use it because there's fear mechanics in this game. And if you get oogity boogity by a zombie real bad, you'll lose some Essence. And if you lose more than half your Essence, you start suffering penalties. And if you drop to a negative 30 Essence, not only are you rolling at like minus 10 to everything at this point, but also you have to just check to see if you die of fright. But here's the thing. There isn't, though, because every single person gets at least five 15 if you're a survivor for qualities and uh the one you will automatically get is just nerves of steel which costs you a couple points and it says you don't make those checks yeah and there's no reason not to get it i know i just i'm just mentioning that because it's another way to when i was saying earlier that there are three tracks in this game that you have to pay attention to you have your life points your endurance points and your essence points all three of them are progressive negative penalties to all of your roles to do anything so if you have like low endurance you're like oh i'm too tired to keep working i i'm minus two to everything until i sleep and also i've been disheartened by scares and boogadiness and casting spells i'm minus three to all skills until i meditate and also i'm beat up so i'm minus four to all skills until i'm not it's like i get it already there's three tracks for this just consolidate yeah i mean mostly you spend two points on nerves of steel you don't use endurance points because no one is and then you're like great all i have is life points and it's fine (laughs) i appreciate that you are you must like this game because you're willing to do its house rule work for it oh the thing is it's not house rule the problem i have getting into the merits and flaws system here is especially as a survivor like you get 15 points in here and i'm like there is nothing to spend this on there are so many drawbacks yeah. that you can get points from but the actual things to get is like well i guess everyone's gonna be like uh i suppose i have Nerves of steel, probably hard to kill for extra hit points. Fast reflexes, I think, is the other one you want. Yeah, Uh, I mean, there's even then it's just like, oh, if I have fast reflexes, I'm just like a plus two initiative, which who gives a shit? That's fair. I'm just saying it's it's there if you wanted to spend points on something. But you're right. The the uh, the quality. This game is heavily reliant on a merits and flaws system that feels big, like it takes up a tremendous amount of the page space. But there's actually not a lot there. It's just that of the couple options, they do a lot of writing to explain each one. Oh yeah, and like I said, there are so many more drawbacks than qualities. Yes. So you and you can only spend ten points or get ten points from drawbacks. Mm-hmm. So they have just tons of things to choose from. And of course, because this is Unisystem, just like we mentioned way back in episode two, boy, howdy, is Class Clown one of them? Class Clown is two of them. Because there's also one where you have to be the center of attention all the time. Well, yeah, Which is not Class Clown, but it certainly seems like you could take both and not really feel any extra burn. Yeah, no, you can be a Class Clown, you can have a thing of honor, you can be both a Class Clown and humorless. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it says if you do that, then you lose the points or something because they're like, yeah, these two aren't really compatible. Uh, You can get a point for being a minority. Yeah. Um, Notably, a lot of the drawbacks are mental issues, which I found a little eh, to read my way through, or it was stuff like depression. You can have a minus two or you can get two more points for being clinically depressed. And I was like, really? Because I don't feel like I got more points. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. You just spent them on being dumpy. <laughs> Weirdly a merit. 
my dumpy merit. <laughs> but yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, mental issues, including some really weird ones. Uh, split personality is in there, delusions of grandeur. Uh, I think my favorite is the conspiracy theory one. One of the problems I ran into while reading my way through this book is it really felt like they'd be like, zombie, 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 zombies, and then get to the rules and just forget it's a zombie book for about 30 pages, and then start at the beginning of the next chapter, hey guys, zombies! But every once in a while they remember, and with the conspiracy theorists, they're like, okay, yeah, you have to be a real conspiracy theorist for this to fucking matter, because obviously live in a world where zombies are real. Yeah. And if that's a conspiracy, then you were right, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, there's not a ton of good stuff to take, honestly, for drawbacks or qualities. No, most of the, you you pretty much zero in on the ones that don't do anything like class clown or, uh, oh, I don't know, smoking where you're just like, oh, I get a point for saying I'm a habitual drinker. Uh, I've got a secret. It's worth a point. Yeah. All right. You just take a bunch of those. and And I mean, especially when you get to resources, you're like, hey, this is how much money and property you have. I'm like. Bitch, it's the zombie apocalypse. I'll take minus five. Thank you. The other fun thing about the resources is that they don't make any fucking logistical sense, even in 1999 money. Oh, when no. you're like, oh, if you're of average resources, like the bare basic average resources, it says you own $15,000 of property. The fuck is that? You own a half acre of like New Mexico or some shit? What the fuck? 50, who has fucking $15,000 of property? I wouldn't say that's the average. I'd say it's very rare for anyone to own that low a value of property. Huh? <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, I figure at that point you're just like, no, that's just the stuff I own. So uh, like my car. No, it says things. a home or other ho- ha- ha- land worth $15,000. No, owns 15000 in property is all it says. Oh, okay. I guess I had that backwards then. I'll take the heat. <laughs> yeah, once you bump up to middle class and above, then it's like, this is probably a house or a condo or something. Yeah, worth? 50000 What the fuck is that? Even in 1999 money. No, that's a house in o- Ohio. <laughs> How do you be middle class in California in this game? You don't. You just can't. No. If you want to be in California in this game, by God, you had better be at least wealthy or above. I'll tell you what. Let's just make this into the obvious object lesson for future game designers it should be. Don't put numbers on things. Future-proof your game. This isn't even future-proof. These numbers make no fucking sense even in pre-2000 money. But just don't put fucking numbers. Just say you own a nice house in a region or something. And again, this is in a zombie apocalypse thing where you're like, you have an income of 5000 a month. No, I don't. <laughs> My boss is dead and doesn't pay me. I don't think you understand what game we're playing. He pays you and chasing you around and saying brains. Yeah, no, get your five points for me. Like, I'm destitute. All I have is what I can find. What do you know? It's the zombie apocalypse. I found a bunch of shit. <laughs> but yeah, as an object lesson, don't put hard numbers for money in your game. It's going to make you look ridiculous in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, you'll probably be dead, so what do you care? But hey. Yeah. I'm talking to all the people who have 20 years to live here. Yeah, like me. Yeah, John. Uh, (laughs) You shouldn't have invested so heavily in Dumpy. (laughs) Hey, it's great. (laughs) I'm min-maxing. Okay. um, And then, like we mentioned earlier, that's the regular qualities and drawbacks. There's a whole secondary set of metaphysical uh, qualities and drawbacks. Most of them are just qualities. You can have drawbacks there. It's just like bad luck. Yeah. Um I already you know, you mentioned be cursed. I already mentioned the two primary ones, gift and inspiration. They're the most important two. They cost 10 of your metaphysical points and they barely do a fucking thing. Hmm. I think they both technically have effects. Gift lets you sense supernatural things in your area. Yeah. And inspiration lets you channel essence for non-miraculous uses. So for example, if the 
the zombie master is like, oh, there's a magic zombie here and he's about to cast a, spe- a, a zombie spell. You could be like, I'll channel raw essence into overriding the spell and try and cancel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, of course, requires the game to have magic. Oh, yeah. No, it's basically just if you meet another inspired character and they do a miracle, but they're some sort of heathen Muslim, you can be like, nah, mine is the true god. And then they go, it's the same. And then shut up. Let's talk about that for a second real quick here. This game is it it makes a point. It's non-denominational. The faith powers in the way that Jesus is not a nomination. I was going to say when I was a kid in, in Boy Scouts, we'd always have to go to like these jamborees and summer camps and shit with the other scout troops. And there are always these non-denominational prayer gatherings. And the first per- thing they'd always say is be like, well, in the words of Jesus. And I'd be like, that's not non-denominational. They'd be like, yes, it is. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I was like, I'm not Jewish, but I'm the senior patrol leader for a scout troop that is 80% Jewish. And you're secular gonna, Jesus here. You're, you're going to be surprised how rarely Jesus comes up. <laughs> we all love secular Jesus. In the words of the Christian Jesus, the one that's <laughs> the one that is a baby. <laughs> you can't say it. The, the, the thing is, I always felt bad for that because it was just some dopey kid. It was not like it was. No, a, like, it wasn't a counselor doing that. It was always just some 15 year old from another scout troop coming out of fucking like the Montana or something. And when I'd be like, Hey man, non-denominational means don't say Jesus. He'd be like, what? I ain't never heard that. And I'm like, well, first of all, your accent is way wrong from Montana. This is real weird. What are, you, are you putting on airs? What the fuck? Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm practicing what how to be a Southern type hillbilly. I is, but you're from Montana. That's very offensive. Well, you're the one what made me up. Oh, <laughs> but you are the straw man here. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to say is it's weird how much faith-based stuff there is for these inspired guys. Yeah, and the beginning when they're talking about zombies, for some reason, Corella's really into the idea of them being vampires. Yeah. As like the base of where they come from. And I'm like, okay, maybe if you had made a vampire game, I could see like, you know, oh, you have faith, which means like, your holy symbol actually works. Yeah. Great. Sure. But zombies have nothing to do with this. And it's so weird that it's, in well, it's here. especially weird because zombies do have something to do with religion, a different religion entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it really, the problem with this is that it tends to, because of the, the number of times it mentions that this is popular among priests or, you know, gothy Catholics or whatever you want to say. Uh, they, and then they're positioned against the evils of zombies. And you're like, wait, hold on. Hey, let me just stop you real quick. Are you saying that that the inspired are white religions uh, and voodoo is the bad guy? Are you, uh, are you sure you want that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Just God, leave this out of your goddamn anyway, game. Anyway, the other thing that you can pick for you can pick a couple of other weird benefits. Like, oh, I'm from an old soul, so I have extra memories. Or, like John mentioned, you can be cursed. Yeah. Uh, or you can have like blessings that you can do. But then the last like thing old is. Ween. Like Old Ween. The, the three blessings of Old Ween are in this game. But also the miracles, which are distinct spell-like abilities that you can cast. All of them cost five. So if you're making a generic starting character, you can usually have one of them. Generally. Unless you also spend your regular ba- bonus points on them. Which you can do. Um, and they are kind of nondescript, including a couple that are like my least favorite thing. Uh, Visions is obviously the worst one. Yeah. Because Visions is... You know, this is advice to players as opposed to advice for DMs. Never take fucking augury or visions or whatever. That's just an excuse for the DM to use you as this source for hooks without having to work to do it. Uh, Don't do that. You had to spend your own character points for nothing. Yeah. Don't do that. Let the boss do the boss's job. 
<laughs> uh, that's why I shit on company time exactly. when we play RPGs. <laughs> eight for sleep and eight for what have you. <laughs> don't take augury. And in this game, don't take visions, because it's literally just that. It doesn't do anything else. Oh, yeah. All I mean, obviously, is- you're going to want to get, like, the ability to heal people with a touch or holy fire and shit like that. Yeah. Things that actually do stuff. Yeah. Basically, if the DM needs to get that information into your head via holy light or whatever the fuck, he's going to do it whether or not you spend points on it. Don't fall for that trap. (laughs) Uh, You also get some points for skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, Skills work where you can buy them one for one skill points if they're regular. Yeah. Up to five. Yeah. And if they are complicated, it's two for one. Yeah. Two for one, but it doesn't double for the the end cost. It's six per a point above five. Yeah, and it's three for point above five for regular. That doubles it then. <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> Ween. Woo. All right. And the the, uh, the way you'll be wondering how skill mechanics work, uh, this game's entire rolling system is roll a d10 and then add your attribute and a relevant skill value and then compare against a chart of success. Yeah. You can uh, also get some specialties if you want to in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have something that's not skill related, you roll du- you roll the, your uh, d10 and add double the value of that attribute. Yeah. Which, if you have a really high attribute, means that your best bet is generally to try and find a first principles workaround to actually knowing how to do things. If you're like, well, let's see, I could use acrobatics to get past this do- this locked door or whatever, but instead, I'll just use dexterity twice because I have a five in that and a two in acrobatics. Yeah, except it tells you the not rules to, are like no, don't let people get away with that shit. <laughs> if there's I know. a skill that would be equivalent to it, they yeah. don't get that. Yeah, because there's mechanics for if you're unskilled on a, on a, on a skill based usage. That said, you can find arguments. Yeah, you can and be shot you can, down. You can find. You them. can be mm. an asshole to your DM. You can and should if they're making you pay points for visions. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, workers rise up. <laughs> Cast off from the your, dead. Cast off your ZM <laughs> shackles. <laughs> the skills are mostly fine. Um, there's nothing too egregious or stupid in here. Nope. Uh, even the it's sedu- got a seduction skill, it, but it has it, and it's fine. It just says it's used for for uh, attracting people, sexually attracting people. So I got nothing to say. Yeah, you can't use it on dogs. <laughs> just people. That's right. Can't use it on anything that's not people. Yep. Maybe zombies. Are zombies people? No. Can I can I try and seduce some zombies? You could try, sure. I mean, I've I've watched it. I Zombie. I'm into it. I've I've seen warm bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, and and then after that, once you've got your skill points selected out, you get a set number of points to put points into them. Uh, you're pretty much done with character creation at that point. You move into gear, and then there's a big list of archetypes, which are just sample NPCs. Yeah. And now, they are they are worth talking about. A few of them, just a few. Okay. Not many. There's only a couple I want to mention here. Go for I it. I have some highlights. All right. Okay, number one highlight, Goth Girl. Yep. Is Goth, it inspired? Goth Girl's one of the two inspired they have listed in here. The other one being like a Catholic priest type. Uh, the Goth Girl is so gothy that she like watches her friend die at a, at a concert. That like That's her, her introduction to the zombie apocalypse moment. And she describes it as like a strobe light of her friend Paige being torn apart by zombies as totally Anne Rice, yo. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, forgive me, friend, but it was so beautiful in the moment. And I'm like, all right, you're not goth. You've got problems. And also her gear contains one Anne Rice novel. Great. Just Anne Rice novel. And I'm like, yeah. come on, which I was an Anne Rice head in the 90s. You got to help me out here. You got to tell me if she's carrying a copy of the Vampire Armand or the Witching Hour. Is she have one of those ones that's just about princess spankings? You got to tell me. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> those are there for players to take. 
and you would put a name on them and then play those. So it's up to you, the player, to decide what kind of Anne Rice novel does my character have. Now, I'm going to play the game in 2021, obviously, which means I have access to all those ones she wrote in the 2000s when she, like, found Jesus and yeah, found well, him to be unusual. that's why you're inspired. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, when Anne Rice found Jesus, she mostly found his cum gutters. <laughs> all of all of her Jesus novels are boring as fuck and are just descriptions of how hot he is. Well, yeah, obviously, that is your faith. I'm inspired by Jesus's ripped abs, and that's how I channel my miracles. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I just thought that was funny that she has an Anne Rice novel. I found the soldier one cool. The soldier one, she's a woman, and obviously that means that most of her write-up, because all the write-ups are done in first person, is about how um, men think that women don't belong in the military. So she's just like got a bit of a chip on her shoulder. She's like, I worked crazy hard to earn this, uh-huh. which makes perfect sense. But then her description, is she's like, men think that women don't belong in the military because we're too emotional. I guess they've never heard of Lorena Bobbitt or the Manson family girls. Famously. <laughs> Famously pillars of reasoned thought. Yeah. <laughs> Always <laughs> sitting down going, ah, I shall not let emotion overcome me. Let us engage in debate. Live long and prosper, severed, severed penis. <laughs> Can he just th- do you just think of the first two like murder women or crazy people? And that's close enough. I don't yeah. need to think about like thinkers. <laughs> Uh, and the last one is the uh, the video. By the way, that's an example of a survival person. By the way, and the last one's a norm that I wanted to talk about, which is the video store clerk. Great. And there's not much to him. He just his big joke is that he is a uh, a, a huge nerd about Doctor Who, uh-huh. and would happily save his Doctor Who collection over his girlfriend, who he let get zombied in the process of rescuing his Doctor Who tapes. I just found this funny because he uh, he he insisted on saying Doctor Who, spelling it D R period. And I was like, man, I hate Doctor Who, and even I know that's a poser move. <laughs> uh, so, just thought, I just wanted to put, put that out. Great. <laughs> Those are the three. There's a bunch of them. None of them are all that interesting. Uh, now, for the rules in this, like we said, you've got that D10, and you've got stat or skill or double stat or, you know, a penalty to your stat because you don't have the skill. Yeah. And... You'll succeed on a nine up and lose on anything below a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very simple, but there's also a couple other ways they give you that you can play the game. You can do a card based system where you use a deck of playing cards and all the faces are there one through 10 value. And then the face cards are a five draw again. Yeah, add five, draw again, because that's a critical mechanic that's an optional thing in this game, is if you roll a 10 when rolling skills, you roll another d10, subtract five from it, and if you roll under five after subtracting, then you don't add anything, but if you roll a six through 10, you add the subtracted new value to your original roll, and if you keep rolling 10s, you can keep exploding. Yes. Yeah. And the, uh, the and face cards work the same way. one, yeah. where if you get a one, you roll again, and subtract five and if you manage to roll a one through five then you get a penalty and if you roll above then it's just a one i like that one in particular because after you get that initial one you might as well be like all right i failed i don't need to keep doing this math i mean because it's only you need a nine or above if you're like yo i've got a plus five in my skill and a five in the stat meh (laughs) yeah it could work. It could help you. If you're super crazy powerful, rolling a one isn't a guaranteed automatic flare. What I'm saying is it doesn't need to do all this math because it also does the thing where it explodes backwards when you roll more successive ones. Yeah. And I'm like, why? 
After you roll one one, you have a minus five to whatever your initial roll was, and your your initial roll could at most be an eleven, which means you have a six, which is automatically a failure. You don't need to find out that your six is actually a one; it won't change anything. No, I mean if you're low enough in your stat skill, sure, great. Rolling a one, you're like, great, I failed already. Oh, what I'm saying is it. the progressive explosive ones don't do anything. Rolling a one and, and having that initial subtraction is fine because you might still overcome it if you have crazy high stats. That's mm. all. All right. So uh, then we get into combat mechanics. Well, I, they also have a diceless version oh, of right, the rules. Right, there is. Sorry, thank you. Uh, you can go ahead and, in addition to doing the uh, cards, you can do just check stats. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if my stat and skill ends up being an eight and the difficulty for what I'm doing is a seven, I succeed. Yeah. Great. Yeah. With some descriptive play available in there to kind of outsmart things that you aren't you aren't uh, your numbers don't match up to or get beaten by things that you wouldn't have expected to get beaten by at the at, at ZM's discretion. Well yeah, cuz you can do things like all right, you're trying to do this uh like task but it's dark so maybe I'll up the difficulty by a little bit past what it would have been or if you actually say like, oh, I've got gear, like I've got night vision goggles, mm-hmm. maybe I'll give you a plus two on your roll or something or on your stat. Yeah. So the diceless one uh, has a very simple compare number resolution, and it also does diceless damage because every single thing in this book, when it has the like, this does a D6 times two or whatever, it'll also give you the average, and that's just what your diceless damage is. Yes. Now, notably, that's when we get into combat mechanics, that's something that's definitely worth talking about. This game's damage system is almost entirely a multiplier-based system, mm-hmm. uh, which leads to some weird results. Oh, yeah. And it it leads to, and they say they want this, extremes of either the high or the low. They also have a an option for rolling in this where instead of the D10, you just use a D6, and they're like, this will, of course, mean that you hit the uh like roll again and add and the roll again subtract way more often and if you want to do that if you want your game to be super swingy you could go ahead and do this too it reminds me of the wormwood uh high contrast dice that they're from like two years remember those kickstarter the wormwood kickstarter a few years ago had what they called high impact dice where they concentrated the results on a d20 and so on towards the one and the 20. Mm-hmm. So there were like two 17s, two 18s, two 19s, two 20s or whatever, and less numbers in the middle. Like there maybe wasn't a seven or an 11 or whatever. They think it wouldn't be interesting. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, just, it was interesting because it was like, oh, do you like having more crits and more swinginess? These dice will do it for you. But the best thing about them was that there was a D4 ah! that showed two one sides and two four sides. Excellent. It was a coin. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a coin. It was a fucking D4, but it was a coin. They were selling you an $18 coin. Love it. <laughs> anyway, uh. moving forward. Uh, combat works just like everything else. You you uh, roll your value against a target difficulty to try and hit somebody. There, I believe there's... I know there's a dodge skill, but I think... Def- yep. Yeah. So there are active defenses to be rolled as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and damage is weird because everything uses multipliers. Almost all of the melee weapons, including weird ones like chainsaws, use your strength as a multiplier. Mm -hmm. So if you swing a chainsaw at somebody, it does a D10, let's say it's probably D12, a D12 times your strength in value damage. 
Uh, if you wield it two-handed, you can increase your strength by one if it's the type of weapon that can work that way, like a bastard sword or a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Certain weapons automatically require two hands and factor that damage calculation in, like halberds, which do, uh, I believe, D10 times strength plus two. So you multiply, you, you add two to your strength first. So if you have strength of three, they do D10 times five damage. Mm-hmm. Guns have uh, static multipliers. Yes. And this can lead to some weird effects, like a kick doing a D4 times 5 damage and a 22 caliber bullet doing a D4 times 2. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very weird when you get to the weapon section back here and you're like, all right, cool, cool. So what am I doing? All right, well, uh, if I have a, like, I don't know, it's a punch, Even D4, a s- times, or D4 times strength. Yeah. Okay, great. So even if you have the standard survival strength of like the average of like a three, you're already doing more than a 22 caliber bullet with a punch. Oh, yeah. well, the average human is a two. So that's right. The you, average human's yeah. punch is as damaging as a 22. Yeah. With some caveats, which we'll get to in a second, but we have more to talk about with this section. But even then, you still look at things like, man, the average for a lot of this, if you manage to put any amount of points in strength, you're like, I should never use a gun. Yeah, no, you should never use a gun because every weapon, even chainsaws, which I, I know you can apply some physical strength to a chainsaw, but my understanding is you're supposed to mostly let the chainsaw do the work. Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, they, they all use a strength modifier. Uh, they all have a bunch of asterisks and ampersands and so on behind each weapon that correspond to a key that'll tell you more about them. Yeah. Now, this is an important detail. When I said a 22 caliber bullet does a D4 times 2, that's true. If you were firing some mythical bullet that doesn't have any kind of rider or anything on it, every bullet in this game, every single bullet that you can purchase in the world has riders. There are four kinds. If you buy a regular-ass everyday bullet, it doubles post-armor soak damage, which means it actually does D4 times 2 minus armor value times 2 again damage. Uh <laughs> It, it, then there's hollow points, which do more damage, but take, but, but, uh, don't take, double the, a- well, hollow points, they suffer more from armor, yeah. but do more damage to unarmored targets. It's like triple armor takeoff, yeah. but then triple damage past that. Yes. And, uh, there's armor, armor piercing. piercing, which just sort of halves how much armor does, but you don't double the damage afterwards. Yes. And then there's a fourth type, which I do not remember, but it means that, that when you look at the gun damage calculations, you also have to go look at the bullet. It's surprisingly complicated is is what I'm trying. Basically what I'm trying to get at is that the damage mechanic seems simple at first. Like, Oh, everything uses strength as a multiplier or just has a static multiplier if it's a gun, but then you get to the bullets and you're like, these also have multipliers and you can't even do this quickly once you know what someone's armor is because the armor is variable too Mm -hmm. uh the armor has like oh i've got you know just class one armor it is a d6 plus seven for how much the armor value is on any given hit yes so you could you know anywhere from eight to 13 so you never really know you're always sort of up in the air on okay is this gonna protect me a lot or a little Mm mm-hmm uh, it's a very strange, especially once you start getting into the class two armors and above, because then those also have multipliers plus things. The other fun thing about all of this, and this is my favorite bit of all uh, of it all. I feel, I feel like this is mostly just unisystem stuff, like all these damage riders and, and, and bullet multipliers and so on, because 
there's usually a little subparagraph underneath each damage description that's like, hey, by the way, depending on what type of zombies you're fighting and what kind of enemy the uh, DM ZM is throwing at you, all of these rules might not apply in the slightest. So like slashing and piercing damage do double damage to their targets because they hit vital areas. They say slashing weapons deal double damage uh, to living targets, but bludgeoning weapons have a higher base damage to, go- yes. to, to make up for that. But but maybe this works on the zombies and maybe it doesn't. So de- but definitely write all this down. But maybe you don't need to. And it's just there's a lot of variables here, <laughs> and it's the combat system being so easy of just like I want to roll a d10, add some stuff, and see if I hit nine or above. Great, that's easy. Once I get down to damage, now I'm like, all right, well, fuck this. It's, <laughs> it's wild because got so many more dice to roll now. Damage in this game is such a weird shibboleth. Because yeah, like I was saying, remember when at the very beginning when I was saying it's weird that they they drop right from the cinematic tone of how this should be played to this ain't a fucking movie. It's almost entirely in the damage descriptions, and and uh, it's notable because when you look at the how initiative works in this game, it's got a little chapter or paragraph about how it works and it's like initiative doesn't fucking matter you're fighting zombies they're slow if your players are being big babies and need to know who goes first i guess you can have them roll a d10 and add their dexterity attribute yeah and uh, that's a quality for being better at it too i guess so hopefully you're using that rule if you took that quality yeah uh but it's like initiative is the simplest thing in the world i guess if you fucking need it you big turds roll a d10 and add your dex and then what about damage don't you fuck around with damage. Damage has a million calculations. Everything multiplied by everything else. You have variable defense rates that could change at the, at the drop of a hat. You have called shots that work by adding a penalty to your accuracy, but then do more multipliers to things. Yeah. Unless you're fighting zombies, then they might not. And of course, all the things in there will change if you're doing the World War II scenario where they then are like, and now let me tell you how World War II weapons work. <laughs> there are... Different types of grenades mm-hmm. for offensive or defensive grenades. You have the realistic flamethrower rules in here. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of this, I imagine, comes from the, we just took rules out of Unisystem, copy-pasted into here, and then didn't really bother with the, like, is this making sense for the game that we are writing? They just had to go in and sidebar some things. Yeah. So they're yeah. like... All right, well, I guess we'll sidebar in the initiative thing the way it is because zombies. Yeah. But I have to imagine all the weird rules in this are like, that's just Unisystem, baby! Pretty much, because half the time they come right ahead and say, like, this probably won't work on zombies. You're like, okay, I get it. You're, you're, you know, you find a lot of intra-human fighting in a post-apocalyptic zombie wasteland because there's limited resources and so on. So maybe you do need these rules for that information, but it's, it's just kind of funny that the dominant feature of, of this game, the zombies you're supposed to blow up are immune to a ton of the stuff that makes up the game's mechanics. Yeah. Now they also, of course, have a bunch of stuff about hit location because that's going to be very important when you're dealing with zombies that can only be killed by getting shot in the head Mm -hmm. or the heart or the spine or whatever. Yep. Uh, So you have to do random hit location unless you are specifically doing an aim shot, which you're in a zombie movie. Everyone's going to be doing a specific aim shot. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it's just a penalty to hit. It's It's just, you might as well note down that every single shot you do is like minus two or whatever. Yeah. Depending on which thing you need to hit. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, zombies work by having life points the same as you, but they have hundreds of extra life points if you want to try and just cut them to bits. If you want to just that kill... That or they just do, does nothing. You're like, oh, yeah, my arm has 
you know, 20 life points, but if you shoot it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, no, there's a thing in there for like, oh, if you're trying to kill a zombie that can only be hit by, in like the heart or whatever, and you're just taking a sword to it, but you can't get its heart, 200 life points of damage will cut it to the point where it's not dangerous anymore. It'll be parts on the ground. Well, yeah, and that's just, all right, well, I guess if you want to not call your shots, like... 15 points for each arm, 15 points for each leg. Then you got to get another 15 points or 20 points for the head. Then, of course, you're in the torso and you got to cut the torso open. Then, once you do that, you see the heart. And then you got to stab the heart a bunch. Yeah. Now, granted, that also helps with the fact that one of the zombie types you can build, because this game has a uh, build point based zombie economy, uh, is you can build zombies that just don't have any weaknesses. They're just like, what, what's your weak point? I don't have any. I, I can't be killed by anything. Nothing could possibly kill me. You'll need to chop me to little bits, and even then, they'll still be alive. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one of the ones where you're like, no, I'm making the, I mean, honestly, the Return of the Living Dead type zombies were mm -hmm. very much like, I cut your head off, the head is still biting after you, and the body is moving around. I was going to say, I think Return of the Living Dead also had the, uh, like, being able to attack with their intestines yes. kind of stuff in it, which is something you can purchase and build in this game as well. Oh, yeah. So, at that point, you're like, either you're going to have to cut them up and just put them into so many little pieces that none of the pieces can do anything effectually... Or you put them in fire, you burn them to ash, or you dump them in a vat of acid. You have to completely destroy the body. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so now there is a bunch of mechanics in here for healing. Uh, it's your standard. You can heal one or two points a day, but only if it's like a, a severe wound, you might need medical attention. Uh, it, Oddly, it, this game has a lot of information for going into negatives. Yes. Which includes going into negative essence and negative health. And negative endurance. Yeah, and you can survive it. Mm-hmm. So, Most of them don't even knock you unconscious. I think only health does. Yeah, I mean, the big thing with this is I was like, oh, it's neat that you have the ability to be like, oh, yeah, someone can get absolutely fucked in combat but if you can get them out of there and stabilize them then maybe they'll can, turn into a zombie later i mean you can if it was just they got shot you're like yeah great i'll bring you back to base and you might be negative 20 hit points but you'll eventually get better yeah maybe because you have to make a lot of rolls to see if you die but yeah. maybe <laughs> and the rolls are at massive penalties because your wounds are super low uh so anyway yeah, there's a bunch of mechanics for that. Uh, there is magic healing in this game, but it's paltry. Like, if you spend five points, 15 points, because you have to buy gift and inspiration first, and then buy the gift of divine healing, you're like, great, I heal you for, like, two. Yeah, I mean, I think the the divine healing touches maybe a D4 plus two or something. Yes, and it's like, well, how many hit points do most people have? Oh, in the 40s. Usually in the average character will have life points in the 40s. You have to get knocked to, like, negative 20 to die. You can heal for a D4 plus two, that's not a that's not enough to be me measure even out of combat that's not helpful nope i mean <laughs> it's great if someone's in the negatives just to be like i'll get you out of the negatives into positive and then i'm done yeah pretty much but that's that's kind of like the fifth edition D, D usage of healing do the bare minimum so that they can still fight done <laughs> okay uh what else do you want to talk well, about I, in this section i mean honestly we're done with that. We should get onto the modular zombie because that is, for me, the true joy of this game. Yeah, and it's the thing I thought this game was going to be. I, I thought this was a different game when I started reading it. I'm still not sure what game I thought it was. It has a lot of modular zombie construction, but not in the way I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, so I'm just saying, I don't, I don't remember what game I was thinking of. The game I was thinking of was like, you can make zombies that grab chunks off other zombies and attach them to themselves to make themselves into like whirling dervish super zombies or whatever. This is pretty much more like, Try to recreate every cinematic zombie. Yes. It has 
pretty much anything you would want for any type of zombie. You could create, you know, zombies that can talk. You can create zombies that are smart mm-hmm. or that have just living sense and can tell if something is around them. You could make every single type of zombie from Left for Dead if you want to, because all of them are in here. Yeah, you have your leaper and your spitter and your you exploder. You have a boomer. Yeah. You have the witch is just, you have life sense, heightened perception, claws. Yeah, I, I've never I've never played a Left 4 Dead game, but I, I was pretty sure they had a spitty one and an explodey one and a jumpy one. And they, so they have a, a tongue super, one. They have a super strong one. They have a tongue one. They have the witch, which is just absolute dervish of murder okay and you have to be super quiet going past her okay so yeah you can build all the cinematic and video game zombies you're you're, you can uh pretty much think of uh with variable amounts of points and because you're building monsters there really isn't a budget you build them up to x you just build them with whatever tools you want and the points that you spend each time you just calculate how many you spent and that gives you a rough equivalent power level for how powerful the zombie you just made is oh yeah because if you go through and you're like yeah, this fucking zombie has no weaknesses, and it's hyper-intelligent and super fast and whatever. You're like, yeah, you probably shouldn't put more than one of these against a group of fairly powerful PCs, because otherwise it will destroy them. Yes, and your basic-ass zombie, they have a whole... Th- I'm not looking at the book. I know John is. Yeah. The, the ultra-basic-ass zombie has... They use cute names for everything. So it'll be like, well, what's this thing's senses? Uh, it, it's got senses of the dead, or all flesh must be eaten is its hunger rating, and so on. But How strong is it? Dead Joe average. Yeah, they're pretty, stra- they're pretty straightforward. Dead Joe average means it has average strength. It has a strength of two. Yep. I mean, probably be simpler to just say that, but what you going to do? Meh. <laughs> and they, they have ratings in like six categories. Yeah, so there's, of course, the category of weak spot for... Where do you have to hit this to kill it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, your heart, your head, all that. The ultra dead-ass basic zombie from just Zombie Town uh, doesn't have a weak spot. You can kill it however. Uh, I mean, just the standard zombie is brain, but you can have one that is, I am susceptible to all kinds of attacks, and I'll just die when my hit points fall. Right. Uh, or you can have them be like, oh, no, my only weakness is fire or specific chemicals. Right. Uh, then you go to how they get around, so you can have your shuffling, your running zombies, you can have burrowing, leaping. You can have faster than human zombies, where they kind of look like flailing piles. They kind of look like, you know, Gary's Mod coming at you. And then you can modular give them the ability to swim or climb. Or burrow, if you want to make some graboid zombies. Uh, and then, of course, your strength for how strong they are. Uh and, and it ranges from weaker than humans because, you know, they're decomposed to magically super strong. Where they're strength seven, stronger than the strongest human possibly Your basic be. nemesis from Resident Evil type thing. Yeah. And then, you know, again, a few things like if you want to give them claws or an iron grip so that you can't get out of them if they grab you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can do their senses. So it's like, what is this? Like the dead. So it's just, oh, yeah, you they barely can see anything. It's unless they can you make a loud noise or move around they probably aren't going to tell you're there up to they have a preternatural sense of the living and can tell where anyone is in like a hundred yard radius yeah you can probably pick up on what the basic concept behind this is most of the modular zombie adventures that they present are like there's one kind but this is really useful for building left for dead type scenarios where you have like one leader zombie and a bunch of crappy ones oh yeah because you might be like oh yeah you you make a horde 
of your shitty zombies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'll probably be worth barely anything. Maybe they have a couple things that are baseline for your zombie game. Maybe you're like, oh, yeah, uh, zombies in my game all can, you know, track by smell. Yeah. So if you still smell like a human, they can track you. So you better rub zombie crap all over you. Yeah. But then you can be like, oh, here's my cool zombie of the week that's like, this zombie had been cl trying to claw its way out of, like, a cell. And so it's managed to turn its, you know, fingertips into shivs, essentially, from scraping it against stone. It has claws. Yeah, yeah. You can you can build a, a custom monster to make one, extra, one zombie extra scary or whatever and still have hordes of regular ones to mow through. Oh, yeah. Uh, I liked it. I think it was neat. It had an easy calculation for how many health points each zombie should have. Uh, and the fact that you had the heart, the brain, or the spine as, as three body type weak points came up with a lot of, for the, the uh, various gaming settings they provide, they use each one of those weaknesses in interesting ways. Like, for example, the spine zombies are aliens who are just puppeting the, the dead. Yeah, it's little bugs that wrap around your spine and animate the dead. But if you cut the spine in half, it can't use your neurons to send images around anymore, so it stops working. Yeah, you, you either killed the bug that was in there... Uh, or probably killed it and the spine. And of course, once the spine is gone, it's not like another bug can go in there and raise it. You have now killed that body for good. Right. Brain is a classic one from zombies, thanks to Return of the Living Dead. Heart, I've always kind of found funny when they do it with zombies, where it's like, this is essential because it still plums, pumps blood around the body. And I'm like, well, then it can't be essential because you could just cut their femoral artery and kill them the oh, same no, way. no, because it says specifically like, oh, the second you cut like their arm off, the arteries just, just immediately shut. Yeah. <laughs> so it's smart enough that you have to get after their real heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I thought that was a neat section. I thought it was it was pretty fair. It was a good idea for how to create zombies. It also was like, hey, before a game even starts, why not let the players create a bunch of zombies? Let them create the instruments of their own demise. Oh, yeah. And that's a great way to be like, what type of setting do you want? Because if everyone's like, I want a zombie that's, a classic Romero zombie. I just want hordes of slow, stupid flesh shuffling guys. Great. Cool. We can do that. But if someone's like, no, I want to have a weird supernatural thing where it's like, it's not just these are the risen dead. It's this is a T virus. We're going resident evil. I want to have, yeah. you know, spooky like liquors and shit. Yeah, or if you even want to do something as simple as 28 Days Later, where the zombies are just people who are crazy angry and running around, and anything will kill them, uh, but they run around at full human speed. Oh, yeah, they will just run full tilt after you. I don't remember. I think 28 Days Later was just like, they're just people. They just have a disease, so you can just shoot them. Yeah, they're rage monsters. They're just rage monsters, so if you shoot them, they'll just fall down. Uh, they don't feel any pain, so you do have to actually shoot them in a way that would kill them. Right, okay, that, that, that's what I remembered. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was pretty clever, but then after that, there's a section on gear. Um, it's pretty basic, self-explanatory. There's not much to get into. The one thing about, it I found interesting was that there are vehicle rules, um, mostly skippable. We can, yeah. always, we always skip vehicle rules. That's just a rule here at the show. They're never interesting, but of course they are essential for a zombie setting because half the zombie movies have a scene where they build a fucking battle wagon. Well, yeah, but then because it's just unit system, just cut and paste. There's also a whole page of rules for dogfighting and how to play chicken and airplanes. Oh yeah, there was a whole aerial combat <laughs> section. I was like, you didn't need to copy and paste this, my dude. That said, I would love to play a zombie Luftwaffe game. I mean, the thing is, because you can make, they have in the back a whole like twelve different scenarios of zombies. There you can is do. a World War II Nazi zombie one, and the Nazi zombies in there are 
semi-intelligent, able to follow orders. Mm-hmm. And if you do a zombie game where you're like, yeah, we made it so that the zombies are actually smart and can do tool use and whatnot. Like, yeah, we just fucking put them in planes and let them go at you. <laughs> it's, no, they aren't smart enough for that. I, I thought it was clever. I like the idea of a zombies of the third, a third right kind of airplane zombies. The thing is, all you'd be doing is making incredibly powerful zombies just because you have to get them to their me- necessary intelligence and manual dexterity and senses to fly an airplane. Oh, no. What you do <laughs> is you get them to the point where it's like, what do you do? Oh, we we set everything up for them and then just drop them out of a carrier plane. Oh, onto, onto other airplanes? And they yeah. have enough ability to move the stick around. Mm-hmm. They can't shoot. All they do is try and crash into other people. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't have enough senses. Airplanes are really far away from each other. You'd have to give them so much sense investment. No, they're just their perception. You give them a good perception right. and a good intelligence, and then you let them go. Yeah, yeah, I... I mean, ultimately, I think it'd be better if you just drop them out of airplanes onto other airplanes. Just and drop zombie bodies? Yeah, so that they just in- invade the airplane like that one scene in Heavy Metal. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be fine by me. Anyway, let's get into the 11. Did you, did you go through these at all? No. Oh, well, yes, I did. I was saying not on the show yet. Uh, so I'm going to go through them a little bit. I've got one sentence descriptions of most of them. I was going to say, we can just say what they are real quick. One of them I want to focus on a little bit, and luckily it's the first one. What, you mean the standard Romero one? No, the well, I don't know if it's that's the first one or not. The one where zombies are a metaphor for STDs is the one. No, I, that's not the first oh, one. Oh, that's the only one I really give a shit about. You're right, there is a generic Romero. Yeah, the it's first the one, one the is radioactive just... radioactive groundwater one. Yeah, the first one is uh, the Dead Rise you're in a town and you're in a small town of the dead rise. Yeah. Ar- Argo city, the dead rise. And you have to, you have to help uh, either infiltrate or escape from Argo city. And it's really important because you know, ultimately how else are you going to get Supergirl to metropolis? <laughs> but these are your standard Romero zombies. Yeah. And it's the only twist here is the radiation is uh, raising anything dead. So you have like undead Rats dogs and, yeah. and cows and shit. Yeah, it's a whole thing where like, oh, they buried a bunch of nuclear waste and it created the the cause of the dead to rise. It's pretty straightforward. It's 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 a, a very generic setting. Yeah. Uh, the the next, next one is the the AIDS uh, is making zombies. Okay, Le- please allow me because goddamn. So this is the story of young Michael Phillips. He's a good boy. Philip he's, Harrison. Philip Harrison. He's a good boy. Thank you for having the book in front of you. I got close. Um, he's a good boy. He's 16. He's on the football team. He's handsome. Oh, boy, is he ever a good person who goes to church when he's supposed to and all that crap. He's in love with a girl, and her name is some name. Her name is a girl, and it doesn't matter. Jenna. Jenna <laughs> is a party girl that does coke and heroin and has unprotected sex and she already got infected skipping the line straight to aids yep. she didn't get hiv she's 16 and has full-blown aids <laughs> but it don't worry about her aids it's not going to slow her down because the next sentence is that also she tried too many drugs and died in a drug overdose yeah she od'd and distraught our handsome young football player changed has- his name to albert einstein and everybody clapped what the fuck is that story turned turned to voodoo and used the darkest Indian practices and raised Jenna from the dead to fuck her only so that he could have sex with her and then realized ah, I probably shouldn't do that. Oh, gross. She's a corpse. Like she's not looks. She, she looks like a corpse. Yeah. So he he raises her from the dead, fucks the cadaver and then is like, ew, that was a mistake. Why did I do that? She, besides, she had full blown AIDS, but that turned into fade 
which is now the zombie virus. Now, here's the thing I want to get to with this. Now, we have all this moralizing shit at the beginning, which I'm actually semi-okay with because zombie movies often are metaphors for dumb moralizing beliefs. Well, the thing is, we already have an STD zombie film out there. I've covered two of them yeah. in my Horrortoberfests, and those were done much better. No, uh, yeah, what I'm saying is this is like some hellhouse level, level shit. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like, what's wrong with this woman? She has loose morals. She gave herself the AIDS. Who did, who did that? Did she get, did, did a man do that to her? She did to herself because she's bad. Also, she overdosed on super drugs and mega died. And he's just like, okay, I get, that's a little ham fisted. She seduced this good Christian boy into the dark devil arts. Of, and of he, Indian voodoo. What the fuck is that? And then he went on to uh, spread his evil to others as he had loose, dangerous sex with everyone. Here's the, okay, so zombies are an STD. If you have the fade virus, when you die, you turn into a zombie. That's the basic premise of it. And it will eventually kill you after like two years. Yeah. So it's basically AIDS from the nineties as zombies. Yep. It's very ham fisted. It's very shitty. Here's the thing I want to get into more than any of the ham fisty shitty shit. He uses voodoo to bring her back to life. Yep. Then after that, the zombie virus gets into everybody. It's just called fade. It's a, literally a disease that everybody has. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to a point where it's like the world has has collared off everybody who has fade and put them into like tenement cities and st- and that sort of thing where they have to live there and and be you know isolated and so on. Voodoo never comes up again. No, this game, this setting has one time someone's like, oh wait, there's magic in the world. There's magic because of Indian voodoo practitioners. Yeah, he learned how to raise the dead using magic. That doesn't matter, though. <laughs> Never comes up again. It's not a setting where the inspired make any sense. It's a 100% sci-fi slash modern setting, except one time this one guy was like, I'm going to use voodoo so I can fuck my girlfriend. You're like, well, no, so I can fuck some girl who wasn't my girlfriend. Right. I mean, I'm just like, why not just have him use science to bring her back from the dead if voodoo isn't going to be a part of this story? It is so out of fucking left field. Oh, yeah. Given that the whole thing is like you're one of the people trying to find a vaccine for fade or whatever it doesn't even work it in as well as like weekend at bernie's too well it's just a it's dumb all right on to the other ones that are all one sentence bullshit yeah no the we have one where it was a planetoid was heading here and we blew it up but it turns out oops that was an irradiated chunk of a planet from an intergalactically super advanced species that consorted with demons and then cut chunk of their planet off because there was demon crap all over it. Basically, it was a zombie infested chunk of their planet that they blew off. Yes. And And then we blew it off and it turned into our air. Well, we exploded it with a bunch of nukes and then we got a meteor shower and all those little meteor chunks spread out and covered the whole world in zombie irradiation. Yeah, so if you weren't in a building for like the three hours when this was happening, you are a zombie. So it's a very zombie-heavy setting. Oh, yeah. Well, it's anyone who dies immediately gets to turn into one of these. Right. So There is a setting where an organic farm company takes their hippy-dippy organic stuff too far by working in secret jungle chemicals and plants, and then they make it cheaper than good old-fashioned American dirt fertilizer so that all the farmers buy their, their super-infested curse fertilizer, and it creates plant zombies, especially of zombie cows and stuff like that, well, yeah. who and eat all the vegetarians. Anyone who gets buried in soil that has been infected by uh, this chemical or mm-hmm. a zombie can lie down on land and begin to infect it uh, will rise. And... The zombies instinctually, when they kill someone, 
take them to bury them in land that will get them to rise up. Yes. I'm just noting. Gamers. A lot rise of the- up. <laughs> and then they, the zombies eat your neighbors. Uh, I, I'm just, the reason I'm pointing out the whole organic farmer thing is because like three or four of these have this weird like liberals are a bunch of hooey, right wingers were right bent to how they do their intro. Well, the only interesting thing about this going past the whole like, oh, these organic people and they're vegans and whatnot is that the whole point of this scenario is it flips it on its head where instead of cities are where you have to escape from because the zombie virus spread and it's just a hub of undead, there's no zombies in cities because they came from rural areas. Mm -hmm. But it means that it's very hard to get food, so you go to cities to be safe, but it's hard to be able to do anything there. Yeah, well, basically everyone flocked to the cities because there aren't zombies there, but there's also no food there. And you can't grow food because this organic crap poisoned all the groundwater, so it's kind of a slow burn to everybody starving anyway. Yeah. Um, it, But the other funny thing is, it's like, oh, what's the solution to this? Well, the player characters need to invent and distribute a form of super DDT. Yeah, so you get like, super Agent Orange. <laughs> all right, well. Okay, well, great. Glad you like the Vietnam War so much. <laughs> Speaking of, there's one where right-wingers had the right of it and China was stockpiling nuclear weapons and we should have gone in there and glass parking lot of them. Now it's too late. They they apocalypse the world and it's the it, that's their setup for the one where it's supposed apocalyptic zombies. Yes. But those are the ones where it's radiation zombies and they never leave the irradiated zones. Yes. Uh you have the aliens one that we talked about with the things that get around your spine. Mhm. Uh, we have the World War II Nazi zombies where they get, uh... There's a serum. Nazis, yeah. Nazis make a serum, and if you take the serum monthly, then when you die, you will rise from the dead as a semi-intelligent... Able and you have to, to take... keep getting the serum yes. even after you're dead. You have to have been t- taking it within a month of your death. And they don't turn people into zombies by biting them. It's literally just the serum. They just turn into stupider Nazis who still follow orders. So you can pack their chest cavity full of explosives and send them running at, at allies, and they'll they'll blow them up. Yep. Or you, they can even use guns and stuff. But one of the most common tactics that the, the Nazis have is using zombies as traps. So they'll just set some zombies in an area, and when the allies show up, they're like trying to kill them and can't. Then the Nazis show up behind them and just hose everyone down with bullets because you'll kill the allies. Yeah. Uh, there's the year 1000 where a necromancer raises the dead in France and now it's up to Rome to <laughs> have a new crusade against these zombies. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one where it's the rapture and the zombies are from a mistranslation in Revelations. Uh, the dead aren't going to be judged. They are going to do the judging. So you're playing as roving bands of rapture, not get raptured types. I forget what you like the, the fallen or the, the well, left, left behind. behind, the left behind. And uh, the whole point is uh, this is a setting where you have the chance of possibly going to heaven if you start doing good deeds and living a good life, the zombies will leave you alone. Yes, if you're good, the zombies will leave you alone. They're like, they're like fucking a, a horde of rotting Santas, um, <laughs> it, which honestly would be a better setting than just post rapture. Uh, um, there is also uh, certain people have the inbuilt magical ability to control zombies. There's the zombie lords that, that they raise armies of zombies and have taken over most of the planet. There are way more dead than alive. And there's like 300 people in the world who are the zombie lords. Some of them control way more territory than others. Oh yeah. You have essentially, if you control a zombie, it's yours. Uh, you can try and take a zombie from another Lord, but it takes like hours of concentration. So it's better to just murder them. So whoever established themselves first generally is 
stronger because they managed to get more zombies. And there aren't enough people left that just killing people is a worthwhile aspect of this. You could do that if you're like, I want an army of thousands of people. You could go kill a thousand people and have a zombie army of your own, but there's one billion people left and seven billion zombies. So even if you even if you were to conquer, kill everyone left but the zombie lords, you still would have a smaller army than the big guy. Yeah, and then there is the you reincarnated into a body. That's the Buddhism one where it's like, oh, Buddhism was partially right. You do reincarnate as your own corpse and everybody at once. And when you come back, maybe you're a magic zombie, so you might have some of the powers from the zombie list. Have The uh, the uh, ZM will tell you how many points you get to spend on zombie upgrades. I mean, the big thing is that I thought was fucked up was less the uh, reincarnation thing and more, oh, eventually people... <laughs> during reincarnation that worked normally got so powerful they became gods and changed the way reincarnation worked and they got angry at the other people who were gods and then they forgot and now everything's on autopilot and that's why it's fucked up it is pretty i mean overall it's just a very half-assed it's the last one and you can kind of tell they're they're running on fumes yeah you're like (laughs) okay sure whatever And and there you go. That's uh those that, are the those are the optional scenarios in which you might each one of them has a, a short story write up, some of which are uh a little unpleasant. There's like one where a woman is mad that her husband won't touch her anymore because they used to cheat on each other a lot. And and like then they're all crowded into a tenement because they all have that fade virus. And she's like, I declare a party because the, tonight the zombies will get us. And she, her husband won't talk to her, so she, she just starts an orgy in front of him. And he goes off to kill himself in the bathroom because he's distraught at this scenario. And she's like, well, I'm not going to tell anybody about him because he's dead, so he will rise as a zombie. And he's going to come in here and he'll finally touch me. Lol. Laugh-o. <laughs> oh, short stories. Ugh. <laughs> And of course, the very last thing is there's a D20 conversion if you want to, uh-huh. and don't. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> don't use it. <laughs> Just don't. Oh, 1999. Well, actually, this is the revised edition, so it's 2003. Yes. That's why it's got a D20 conversion. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Um, And that's it. That's, that's the book. It. Uh, It's not my favorite. It's got a little ham fistiness where I would prefer it not be, and too much granularity in situations where I feel like it could use way less. That said, it is time for the classic ween tradition that is actually just the way the show works of asking John what his favorite thing about this game was. Great. Uh, My favorite thing is definitely the modular zombie section. I love the fact that they're like, whatever you want to do, whatever setting you want to make, we have all of the rules. You can make it so that some are better, some are worse. If you want to have it be like, the recently turned still have some of their intelligence, but the ones that have been around for a while are less intelligent. You can make varying quality zombies. It's uh, it's just a very good point system. The fact that they also give them points, meaning when you get to the end, you can look at it and see if you fucked up and made something way too powerful. Yes. Yeah, it helps you. And also the points are what calculate things like your, their starting health and so on. Yeah. Zombies technically have like endurance and essence scores, but they aren't going to use them. No. So it's it's neat to know that that stuff's there. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a neat, a neat part of the game for sure. Yeah. So uh, what was your favorite thing? I mean, ultimately, I think I'm going to go with the basic task resolution mechanic. Uh, the fact that on average, you should succeed at most tasks, that it's a, a very straightforward D10 plus stat plus skill, very simple to understand. Uh, average success is just a nine or a 10. So if you have like a five, you know, an average score in both of your two things, you are more likely to succeed than not. Mm-hmm. So I think that was pretty straightforward and nice. And the fact that they used it for everything, like it was the combat mechanic as well, was nice. And it led towards a simple gameplay. 
Yep. So that's my favorite thing. What is your least favorite thing in this? Oh, man. Uh, I think probably my least favorite thing in this. I've got, I'm going to venture a guess. Let me just put the envelope to my head real quick. No, it's probably not going to be the thing you're thinking. It might be. I don't know. Say your thing. Uh, it's the damage calculations, honestly. Oh, okay. Not the thing I thought. Okay. Yeah, it's, that's fair. It's just... It's too much work it's for a, a game of, that's yeah. otherwise very simple. That was the thing I was going to say as well. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was like. I'm probably going to say the thing you were most it's disappointed fine. in. There's plenty of stuff in here that I find a little, ugh. So, not too much. Like like I said, they got the seduction right. I don't know how they did that, but but yeah. Okay, so damage calculations, though. Yeah, it's just, it's too much extra nonsense, especially on a system that doesn't do that for anything else. Fair enough. What about you? I'm going to take the thing I thought you were going to say. Sure. The inspired. What are they fucking doing here? Yeah, no. It's fucking stupid as it, hell. What the hell? What's the point? Like, like, the whole concept of the inspired is fine, but it could have worked as nothing but a merit in the merits and flaws system. It honestly should have just been, instead of the inspired, it's just the supernatural or yeah. the powered. Yeah. Because you should have just been like, yeah, you are powered by some zombie thing however it was made it could be whatever it could be you have like ancient hungan magic or whatever it could be just yeah zombies exist in the world so do fucking werewolves you're a werewolf who gives a shit or zombies exist because of a ritual gone wrong you're a wizard it's you're playing harry potter versus zombies it should have just been people with powers and not this like testing your faith thing yeah this very non-denominational christian which is like, what What is the signs? I thought the things in signs were aliens. They are. <laughs> and so are the zombies in this. Aliens. Yeah, if they hadn't fallen afoul of all those cups of water left all over the room, they would have zombified the family. So sad. Yeah, that's the, that's how they worked. They're, they they get <laughs> killed by water. Unfortunately, it turns out we're mostly water, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't want to hash out the uh, the, the silliness of, of uh, the species that melts when it touches water invading Earth. Again, no, I'll, I will point out that signs is probably my favorite Shyamalan movie, even though it's quite dumb. Eh. I just I, I like the themes. Um, but anyway, let's let's keep going. Uh, would you play this game? I would. I would play this. I think it it's definitely a game where the scenarios and types of things you could do. I could see having a good time with it. Sure. What about you? Uh, it's not the worst zombie. I think, yeah, I'd probably play this. Like I said, the rules are fairly straightforward and simple. I would really want to house rule something out about the damage. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't care for that. It's so much... They, they went so far into it where they're like, well, when blades get under the skin, they can fall, cause the following kinds of lesions. And you're like, why? Just abstract this shit. No one cares. No one, no one needs to read about how rapiers did a lot more damage than people think they did or whatever. Well, I- this is just you being a turbo nerd. That's all this is. Yeah. This is like if I rolled a role-playing game and for some reason I included a bunch of shit about World War II airplanes. <laughs> Which I wouldn't, because I know how rare they are, matter, matter of fact, at this point in time. Yeah. Okay, so, we both... Yeah, I, it's fine. I guess. I'm not... I, I mean, you are an I guess. I'm a... Yeah, sure, I'd play it. Yeah, I don't know if I guess is a real category answer, but I'm going to say it is for weens. Sure. There. Uh, and there you go. That's the end of that. And there's this, There's all she wrote. Mm-hmm. All flesh must be eaten. Now, of course, we are going to make some good old-fashioned zombie fodder characters in our bonus content. Mm -hmm. If you head on over to System Mastery's Patreon, patreon.com slash System Mastery. That's correct. Then you can join us at the bargain basement, $1, the low, low end of our deals. 
you unlock all of our bonus content for System Mastery, where we have made so many characters and so many systems, so many jokes, so many weird things. And of course, in the uh, the bonus content, we usually end up getting a little more in-depth into the character creation system. And a lot of the time, some of the rules or problems that we had, things like that will show up there because we've drilled down so much. Yep, stuff we find we will bring to you. And it's also always pretty fun. We make ridiculous, wacky characters because we don't ever have to play them. So if you want to ha- have a good time and check out our bonus content for a low, low cost that still supports us and lets us keep doing the show, that's patreon.com slash system mastery. And of course, there's other, level th- other levels there, more bonus content, mm-hmm. more ways you can support us, and you can support us not even financially, you can just go on to wherever you're listening, give us a nice review, five-star rating, whatever. Or heck, us out. There's, he- there's a heck of, heck of other ways you could support us financially. Did you know that we have published three books? Eh. Go buy those. Maybe, sure. Yeah. Well, buy the, the one that matters eh. of the three. I mean, there's three. There's two that matter, but one really matters. Eh. Go buy Dungeon Meister. <laughs> go, that's, that's the book. And we have a fourth one coming. I'd rather you just, I don't know, go on our website and give us some money. I mean, that's fair, too, but I would like them to have the books because I want to keep writing books. Yeah, if you if you think you'd enjoy it, go get it. Yeah, go get the cookbook when it comes out. April 22nd, I believe, is the is the release date for the cookbook. Yep. All that and more. Oh, no, wait. No, there is no more. That's We're all done. of it. That's everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a, we have a, we've just been approved for a TV show pilot. Oh, it was canceled. Oh. Damn it. Why did we go with FX? <laughs> and we have our new video game coming out exclusively on the Engage. That's right. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening. Blessed Ween to one and all. Ow, my fucking flu shot. Ow. Damn it. Good night. Dancing at the Ween. Dancing at the Ween. In a and all you do is Podcast. Ween. Ween.